Let's pray together. Our loving Father, you have given us great grace and mercy in our Lord Jesus Christ, so much so that you speak to us in the scriptures. We pray, we pray that as we, as we hear the words of the Lord Jesus tonight, you would, by your spirit, help us hear, help us understand, and may we evermore glorify you. Amen. Hey, you know who's got it good? Charlie D'Amelio. You know Charlie D'Amelio? There she is. She is um, uh, a, a TikTok dancer with the most subscribers. Look at your faces. None of you have known, none of you are part of her 150 million subscribers. She's got 150 million followers, I should say. It's the highest, she's the highest TikTok earner. Guess how much she's worth? $2.50. No. One million. What is going $30 million. She is worth $30 million. She's got it good. She's your age. And she does with her phone camera what you do with your phone camera for free. And she's got 30 million bucks. Don't you think she's living the good life? Yes, Charlie D'Amelio has, has got it good. Hey, you know who else has got it good? Yeah, Jeff Bezos. Yes. Anyone know his net worth? It changes two billion. Bremi's going two billion. Closer, Doug. It is over two hundred billion. He's worth over two hundred billion dollars. I don't understand that number. That is ridiculous. His house has one ballroom, eleven bathrooms, no, eleven bedrooms, and twenty-five bathrooms which is a bizarre number of bathrooms. And I'm not sure if it's got a garage for his Gulfstream private jet. I, I could be wrong. Boy, oh boy, what would you do with $200 billion? Jeff Bezos has got it good. Do you know someone who's got it good? You don't have to have $200 billion and 25 bathrooms to have it good, do you? Maybe you know someone who lives right by the beach and they can just roll out of bed and ride into the ocean. Oh, they've got it good. Yes. Maybe you know someone who has a lovely productive farm and they can hop on a horse whenever they want and gallop through the paddocks. Yes. Now we're talking. Yes. Don't you want to have it good? That's why you come to uni, isn't it? To have fun, to let loose, no pressure, just pleasure. Yeah, maybe actually you've you've come a bit more focused on your future good. Once you get that degree, once you establish that business, build that property portfolio, then you'll have a good. We all want to have a good, of course we do. We all want security. We all want safety. We all want comfort and fullness and satisfaction. You want it? Have you got it? Jesus offers it to you. In our passage tonight, Jesus invites us to a, a way of life that is good. But the good life in his kingdom, it's not what you expect. So on your subject outline, we've got uh, three points. This will tell you where we're going tonight. And I'll be on the screen as well. The good life isn't what you think it is. The good life is lived in hope. And number three, the good life for God's glory. So number one, the good life isn't what you think it is. Living the good life. These chapters of Matthew's biography of Jesus, they are about living the good life. It's our practice at Uni Church to read through chunks of the Bible together 
And uh, last year we read the story of God's coming king in Matthew chapters 1, 2, 3, and 4. Uh, That king, Jesus, he's here. We're picking it up in chapter 5 this year. And and, uh, just like Moses goes up Mount Sinai to receive the law, here Jesus, see verse 1, goes up a mountain to kind of give the new law. And so we'll read chapters 5, 6, and 7 together over term 1 to discover how to follow Jesus and to discover how to live the good life. But to hook us in right from the beginning, Jesus Jesus invites us to this good life. Now, what's the word that you saw all the way through verses 3 to 11? Hashtag blessed. You did. It's there constantly, isn't it? There are 145 million Instagram posts with the hashtag, hashtag blessed. Had a look this afternoon. What's there? Have a look at this. Look, this bloke loves his old Volvo. Yes, hashtag blessed. That's good. This lady loves her new hallway flooring. Hashtag blessed. Good. Look at that. There are some people's kids. Hashtag blessed. Lovely. This bloke's commentating on a footy game. Hashtag blessed. Yes. (laughs) Is that really the good life? Is that it? Is Jesus going to say, blessed are those who drive old Volvos? No way, man. Jesus is going to say, blessed are those who have 25 bathrooms in their house. That's what Jesus is going to say. Volvos are average. Mansions are hashtag blessed. But not so in Jesus' kingdom. When Jesus describes who has got it good in his kingdom, well, really, his description should surprise us quite a lot. Jesus flips the good life on its head and he redefines human flourishing as suffering. He says that if you are suffering, then you're actually living the good life. So let's have a look through them. First, Jesus says that it's those who are spiritually poor, spiritually needy, who, um, despite all appearances, are living the good life. Look at chapter 5, verse 3. Jesus says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. He's saying if you feel yourself spiritually poor, in need of help, I need help, that's actually good because... You belong completely in God's kingdom. Secondly, Jesus says that those who mourn are actually living the good life. Verse 4, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. See how this is um, flipping conventional wisdom on its head. It's weird stuff. Third, Jesus says that uh, it's not the big hitters like Bezos who are living the good life. No, instead, it is verse 5, blessed are the humble for they will inherit the earth. You don't need 25 bathrooms. Your inheritance is greater the whole earth. Fourth, Jesus says that it's the good life for those who long for God to turn up and fix everything that has gone wrong. That's verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. It's good, actually. It's good to... Watch the coverage of the earthquake in Turkey and Syria and feel this wrenching desire for justice to be done. That is, that is good. That desire will be satisfied, says Jesus. So you are blessed if you feel that. Fifth, Jesus says um, the good life isn't about ruthless business practices, but instead, verse 7, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Sixth, it's not 
those with the, the greed and the drive to succeed in life who are blessed, but uh, verse 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Seventh, it's not those who divide and conquer who live the good life. Instead, verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Eighth, it's not those who live comfortable lives who are blessed, but verse 10, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And then ninth, Jesus drives home that last point in verse 11. You are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. The good life is not what you think. The good life is a life of rejection, not recognition. Of pain, not pleasure. Of suffering, not success. This is the life of Jesus' people. It's a hard sell, isn't it? It's the life of Jesus' people because it is the life of Jesus himself. Doesn't this list remind you of Jesus? Just in Matthew's biography of Jesus, we find uh, Jesus mourning, Jesus who is humble, Jesus who hungers and thirsts for righteousness, for, for God to fix all injustice. He's merciful, he's pure in heart, he makes peace. He is persecuted and slandered and murdered. These are the people who have got it good in God's kingdom. And I'm willing to bet that you resonate pretty strongly with, with one or two of the things on, those, on that list. Probably not the whole nine. If it was the whole nine that you resonated with, that's a heavy burden to bear. But um, probably one or two. I, I expect some of you feel mournful. Perhaps you long for God's perfect justice. Perhaps you have a love for the lowly or a desire for peace, or you might be persecuted for following the Lord Jesus. If that's you, well, Jesus invites you to enjoy his kingdom, even if life is not enjoyable now. Because the good life, well, it's lived in hope. This is our second point. The good life is lived in hope. And uh, what I mean is Jesus is not just promising you that you will have pleasure while you also mourn. Um, no, what he's inviting you to is a, a life lived in his kingdom. So back a page in my Bible, uh, Matthew chapter 4, it's on the screen as well. In verse 17, uh, uh, Matthew describes Jesus like this. From then on, Jesus began to preach, repent, that is turn around, because the kingdom of heaven has come near. The kingdom of heaven is where Jesus reigns as king. He's, as he's speaking, he's in first century Israel somewhere. As he's speaking, he's not the king. Tiberius is the king. Got a picture of him there for us? Well, look at him. He's a grumpy man, Tiberius. He's the king. When Tiberius is Roman Empire, those who mourn do not seem blessed. But when Jesus reigns as king, those who mourn will be blessed. And this is why the good life is lived in hope. It's because Jesus is presenting this alternate reality, this alternate kingdom, this eternal kingdom. And the story Matthew tells in his whole biography is, is the story of how this king, Jesus, is announced. He come, he announces his kingdom. 
he displays his kingdom, he does some wonderful miracles, and his kingdom is looking very good. But then he seems to lose it all because well, what happens to Jesus? He gets killed. Some king that. But Matthew's story is not finished because, spoiler alert, Jesus is stronger than death, and he is raised up from death to life. In fact, he is raised up to claim the eternal throne. Uh, this is the story we, we declare together when we say the words of the creed every other week. And now, now as we stand here, sit here, that the Lord Jesus sits enthroned in the heavens and we wait for him to come back and well, kickstart his kingdom on earth. While Tiberius reigns, mourners mourn. When Jesus reigns, mourners are comforted. The humble inherit the earth, the pure in heart see God. The good life is lived in hope. It's a life of pain and disappointment and apparent woe while we wait for the kingdom to come. But doesn't this change how we think about human flourishing? And doesn't it change how we think about human suffering? Uh, who wants the good life now? Yes, please. I'll take it now, thank you. Have you seen Katy Perry's menu log ad? She wants her curry in a hurry. She says, uh, uh, give me what I want when I want it. Oh, yes, that's right. That's, we want the good life now. But those who mourn, those who are, well, those who are poor in spirit, uh, they get the kingdom of heaven when it comes. Those who mourn, they will be comforted in that kingdom by the God of all comfort. The humble, they get the earth, but it's an inheritance. And like all inheritance, you must wait for it. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled, but only when King Jesus returns to set all wrongs to right. The merciful, they will be shown mercy in his kingdom. When he comes, the pure in heart will see God in his kingdom. The peacemakers, they will be adopted into God's royal family. Those who persecuted, they get the kingdom when it comes as well. And why should those who are slandered rejoice? Look at verse 12. Uh, be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven. Those whom our world looks down on in the kingdom of heaven where Jesus reigns, will be lifted up and honoured. Do you want the good life now? Or are you content to follow in the footsteps of the Lord Jesus while we wait for his blessed kingdom? Now, isn't this a great comfort to us when life is hard? A lowly life, but it doesn't mean a woeful life. A lowly life, following in the footsteps of our lowly King Jesus, who himself is gentle and lowly, that's a good life. And it's a life that brings great glory to God. This is point three, the good life for God's glory. Now, through this list of blessings, Jesus has kind of kept our focus on the heavenly kingdom, but uh, now he turns our attention to our mission on earth. That mission is uh, verse 16. It's the last verse, verse 16. Jesus says in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. That's our mission on earth. May the Father be glorified 
by our good works. Now, when we live lowly lives like Jesus on campus this year, what do you think is going to happen? Hopefully, um, we'll be visible. Maybe like a TikTok star is visible, you want to emulate her, you do what she does. Hopefully, you'll be able to invite your classmates and your housemates to come and live the good life in Jesus' kingdom. Perhaps they'll want to come and live the good life with us. Now, Jesus uses a few different metaphors. He's got some word pictures to, uh, to remind us of our mission to live the good life uh, and uh, um, invite others in as well. And his point will be reminding us, his followers, of who we are meant to be. That's, that's his point with these images, these metaphors. He's reminding us, his followers, of who we are meant to be. So the first image is salt. We are to be salt that is tasty, not salt that loses its taste. We are to be who we're meant to be. Verse 13, have a look there. You are the salt of the earth. If the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Salt is meant to be tasty. We are meant to be like Jesus. Uh, Now, the second image is a bit clearer. The second image is light or a lamp or a torch. We're to be a lamp on a lampstand shining brightly to illuminate the room, not a lamp that's packed away in a cardboard box in the attic. We are to be who we are meant to be. So uh, verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Jesus' point is that we are to be lowly followers of our lowly Lord, and in that way shine brightly to our world and reflect God's glory to them. Which is a scary way to start the semester, isn't it? (laughs) How are you going to shine like a lamp in week one of class? Are you going to meet your classmates and tell them that you're Christian? Uh, Perhaps you'll invite them to the CF meet and greet and tell them to check us out. Maybe you'll invite them to read the Bible with you. It's a bit hard to do, isn't it? It is hard to do. I remember in my second year of my degree, I had an English class, and uh, I made friends with this girl. We sat together in class. We chatted. We got on fairly well. Then after the whole semester was over, we discovered that we were leading on the same Christian camp. And I was surprised to see her there. And she was surprised to see me there. In all of our conversations, Jesus hadn't come up once. We were lamps under baskets. We were were tasteless salt. What stops you shining like a lamp and talking about Jesus with your friends? Is it because you'd prefer to just keep quiet and uh, live like them, enjoy the same things as them, the same Uh, fleeting pleasures, that's not the good life. And it doesn't satisfy. Maybe it's because you you fear them, you're worried what they will think of you or say about you. 
Maybe you fear that uh, you won't know what to say and that you'll look like an idiot. Well, friends, if you look like an idiot to your friends for following Jesus, you are blessed. And you're living the good life. And you are salty and a bright lamp and reflecting all your glory to your Father in heaven. Just be who you are meant to be. Live your lowly life and you'll have nothing to fear but uh, only the Lord's blessings to look forward to. So praise the Lord, our King Jesus, who brings us into his kingdom where he reigns in victory over all things. Amen. As I said before that uh, we do question time after the sermon. If you've got a question, you can stick your hand up now and uh, I'll have a go at answering it or come and chat to me afterwards. Uh, so, who's first? Yes. How do you um, suggest in our world now when it's changing and we are entering a time where maybe uh, the workplaces aren't tolerant of your views, for example, um, and uh, I don't know so much about the university and now they're, how do you suggest that we still be Yeah. So I think the question is, how do I suggest we be salt and light? You know, particularly in workplaces where it is um, uh, hard to be a Christian, or even particularly where we are told we can't do certain things like talk about Jesus. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, there are a number of workplaces I can think of where um, certain restrictions are put on your behaviour, perhaps rightly so. Uh, being a teacher in a public school could be one of them. Education students. Uh, any, are there any med students tonight? Medis the world of medicine is fraught with ethical questions like this. Um, I don't doubt the, the, the world of, of animals is the same. Full of eth ethical questions. So, uh, um, how do you live like salt and light in such a workplace? I think that the first thing you need to do is come to church and ask everyone who is doing it every day how they're doing it. Um, uh, that will hopefully encourage you. <laughs> It'll hopefully show you, oh, I'm not alone, and I'm not going crazy. And, uh, you know, they might even give you some tips on how to do it well. So, um, particularly if you're, if you're a... Um, uh, each uh, kind of profession, will, there will be some sort of group of professional Christians. So, if you're, if you're medical, it's the Christian Medical Dental Fellowship of Australia. Um, I'm sure there are others for teachers and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, get involved with those sorts of things because people will encourage you to keep following Jesus even when it's hard. But uh, um, you want some more pointy advice than that, I think. And uh, Jesus doesn't really give it here, does he? He just says that you are blessed. Um, when you, when, yeah, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. So Jesus isn't telling us how to do it. He's just telling us um, that uh, if we suffer for doing good, that's good. Uh, one Peter will tell you, if you suffer for doing evil, you're an idiot. 
Just, if you're going to suffer, just make sure it's for doing good. Uh, so there might be certain circumstances in which you, you do what your, your professional body or your employer asks you to do. And uh, uh, that can be respectful to them. There are certain, I'm an employee of CSU. There are certain things they don't want me to do. And respectfully, I will abide by their request as much as I can. Um, uh, but I will also talk about Jesus. Because I think that's my job here. Uh, but uh, you've asked me, now you can ask everyone else after church. Good question. Any other questions? No, you're letting me off easy. Great. Well, uh, come and talk to me afterwards if you want to find out any more. Um, we're going to sing our last song to reflect on the Lord's grace and mercy to us. So the musicians are going to come up and, uh, and please stand while they do.